This is Auto Line This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. Auto Line This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Hi, I'm John McElroy. Thanks for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, mobility is about to change the automotive industry. Whether we're talking autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, it's going to be a severe transition for the traditional automotive industry and for the states where that traditional auto industry is based. And that's why today my special guest is Garland Gilchrist. He's the lieutenant governor for the state of Michigan. And Garland, it is great to have you on the show here. Thank you. I'm proud to be here. So, I mean, can the state of Michigan make this transition? Can the automakers based here make the transition? What's the state going to have to do? We are excited about this transition into the future of mobility. And frankly, you know, the state of Michigan, there's no better place to make those investments. There's no better place uh, for this future to be defined than the place to put the world on wheels more than a century ago. And so our automakers really at every level, at every element of the supply and value chain are really stepping up to make this transition accelerate even further. And so even on a personal level, I'm excited about this. You know, I'm, I'm on my now third plug-in hybrid vehicle. Uh, and so many people are making that choice every single day. And we want the state of Michigan to continue to be the epicenter for excellence and innovation when it comes to the electrification of our vehicles and the autonomy and the automation and autonomy uh, of our driving and driver experience. And so that's why we, we're proud of the investments that uh, the big three and other OEMs are making every single day, uh, both in manufacturing, whether it's things like GM Factory Zero, or whether it's like the Ford Battery Center for Excellence and Innovation that exists right there in Dearborn. And there are other companies making the choice every day, other suppliers making the choice every day to locate um, alongside other companies in Michigan every single month. And we're excited to encourage and attract that kind of investment. Because frankly, we're going to define not only an era of electrified mobility and autonomous mobility for the sake of the industry, but this is really about people. And look, I'm an engineer. We need to design these systems to work for people. We need this type of mobility to be available to more people from more walks of life. And the state of Michigan is poised to be able to make that happen for the world. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of concern about this transition to electric vehicles. They use many fewer components than traditional internal combustion engine vehicles do. In fact, the UAW put out a white paper a couple of years ago targeting 20,000 job losses just in Michigan, Indiana, Indiana and Ohio because of this. What's the state going to do to you're talking about a lot of exciting things here, but there's potentially a lot of traditional jobs that could go by the wayside. You know, I think there's definitely going to be some differences. And one of the things that I think the UAW has really taken a leadership role on is declaring very clearly and very proudly that the greatest cars in the world are built by UAW workers. And that's going to continue to be true in this future. And at the state of Michigan, we recognize that we need to make sure there is a transition pathway for many of these professionals who have uh, who know how to do the work to build the mobility machines of today and of tomorrow and make sure that they are able to transition to these autonomous and electrified vehicles and make sure they know what they need to do. So we have put in place some great programs to support that transition in the state of Michigan. One of them is called MyRev, the Michigan Revolution for Electrification of Vehicles. It's an academy, a training program for people to recognize what those new roles are going to be, to get the certification and training and the skill sets that people are going to need to have those jobs, and also to welcome other people into the industry to be able to support the growth. Because we think that electrified vehicles vehicles will ultimately be able to scale 
um, to higher heights. There'll be more components need to be made, not just for the vehicles themselves, but also the infrastructure to support the vehicles, like the charging infrastructure investments that we're making, the changes to the electrical grid, and those professionals are going to be able to transition into that kind of work as well. So we're excited about meeting that transition uh, so we can really uh, take it over. Good to hear about this economy. Is it up and running? What can you tell us about it uh, in terms of people who have signed up? What kind of success you might be seeing so far? You know, the Academy is going to launch in, uh, and launch in September of 2021. So we're really excited about that. And it's part of, frankly, the state of Michigan's broad and comprehensive approach to making sure that people have the skills and training and certification they need to do the jobs of today and the jobs of tomorrow. We've, we've funded programs like Michigan Reconnect and Futures for Frontliners, which are programs that provide tuition-free pathways to community college or professional training and certification programs that give people these skills in high-demand fields. And we've got more than 170,000 Michiganders are already lined up in these three programs. And we're excited to see that grow even more. In the transition to electric vehicles, of course, the batteries are the, the key component. Almost everything else, traditional automakers and plants can be able to make batteries. That's a wholly uh, different situation. Where does the, a traditional state like Michigan stand right now in terms of building uh, EV batteries in state? And, and not just assembling components from China, but hopefully even making the, the basic cell technology as well. You know, Michigan, the state of Michigan, really proud of the role that uh, institutions in Michigan have played in the development of this technology and all the innovation that's baked in, whether it's at our research universities like the University of Michigan or Michigan Tech University. And now as we come upstream to the actual uh, manufacturing and assembly and shipping of these battery components, we are working to make sure that we can attract that sort of investment uh, to the state of Michigan. I talked about things like the uh, Center for Innovation and Excellence in Batteries that Ford has developed at Ion Park. Uh, here in the state of Michigan, and we're looking to be able to work with others to to grow and scale those kinds of efforts in the state of Michigan. And ultimately, yes, we know that electrified vehicles will be produced in the state of Michigan, like I said, whether it's places like GM Factory Zero in Detroit or the Orion Assembly Plant. Um, we're excited about those uh, those investments continuing to scale. How about raw materials, too? I mean, uh, as you probably know, the the last remaining mine for nickel is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. But it, it, it's crazy the way that the supply chain is. It gets mined in Michigan. It gets shipped to Finland to get melted down into ingots. Those ingots are then shipped from Finland to China, where they get processed into battery cells. The battery cells are then shipped to the United States, even in Michigan. So, I mean, it's conceivable you could buy an electric car with nickel in the battery that came from Michigan. But there was a 20,000-mile supply chain train uh, chip uh, trip before it all got there. What what can be done so that uh, basic raw materials are actually processed in the state? Is there any uh, traction going in that regard? Well, one, I think you've described one of the most global supply chains that exists today. And you know, first of all, it's a point of pride for the state of Michigan that we have. Uh, such richness in raw materials and have for generations and have a deep history of mining them in the Upper Peninsula and other parts of our state that are rich with those minerals and assets. And we think that it's a big opportunity for the state of Michigan. And as uh, we work to seek to land the investment for, for battery manufacturers, um, we want them to know that this will put them closer to those raw elements that can lead to efficiencies uh, in the process that can, we think, lead to make Michigan a leader in this space. As you know, much of that processing migrated to China because we in the U.S. or even in Europe didn't want it because it can be environmentally a nasty process. It can be done cleanly, but that typically involves a lot higher cost. So are there things that you think can be done to get that processing done here 
and still have it environmentally friendly and cost affordable? Well, look, strengthening um, our global and our state's response to climate change remains uh, a very high and key priority for certainly me and Governor Gretchen Whitmer here in the state of Michigan. And I think for others, I mean, if we're talking about one of the benefits, frankly, of the electrification of our mobility solutions, it is that it changes the impact on the environment and in a way that's really uh, just a stark contrast to internal combustion engines. And so uh, certainly as we look to find the right kind of opportunities or the right types of investments that are made, we're going to do that with an eye towards making sure that they're done in a way that that really, I think, make sure that we are continuing to be good stewards of our natural resources in a way that perhaps past generations were not. And that's going to be, uh, I think, a challenge and a challenge that innovators will be able to step up to. I believe that we can find processes, that we can develop systems that will enable us to do this in a sustainable way. Um, I, I just am that confident. And again, maybe it's the engineer in me that knows that problems exist to be solved. And this is one that I think we're going to go all in on here in Michigan. Lieutenant Governor, now I, I need some of your political analysis uh, of what's going on. The Build Back Better plan that the Biden administration had put forward looks like it's dead for now. What do you think is going to happen there? Be and I'm asking because, as you know, there was a lot of credits for consumers to buy electric cars. There was a lot of uh, uh, money there for building an, uh, a charging infrastructure for it. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to see a separate bill uh, that just addresses those issues? Or what's your read of what's going on? You know, I'm not an elected official in Washington, D.C., thankfully. And so here in the state of Michigan, what we're going to focus on are the things that we can do at the state level that will accomplish a few things. One, making sure that we have the tools to be able to attract the kind of investment and then that we're creating the, the right incentives for people to, to build jobs here, but also for people to make sure that they are um, acquiring the types of vehicles that are being produced, that are made by hardworking Michiganders that have this technology that is uh, developed here in the United States, it's assembled here in the United States. And we're really proud of what that's going to represent. And you're going to see some policy, I think, developed at the state level that's going to be responsive to that. And I certainly hope that it's able to be aligned with whatever policy that we get from Washington. But I'm a Michigan, I'm, I'm a Michigan lieutenant governor. I'm focused on the state of Michigan, and we're going to work with our federal partners because certainly um, we will be in a, in a stronger position if the if the federal government does things like pass the Chips Act, which has created you know a bottleneck, um, the 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 bottleneck of uh, components related to semiconductors um, has created really some challenges for the automotive and mobility industries. And if that act passes, that will also help our automakers here in the state of Michigan. Specifically, what do you think that uh, the Chips Act could do for the state of Michigan? Well, one again, like I said, it unlocks the supply chain. There are dealers, um, and there are frankly plants that have vehicles sitting uh, in inventory in parking lots so they don't have the chips to complete them. And so one, it'll help us make sure that we're not producing uh, vehicles that don't have all their components. It'll, it'll I think, really make sure that we're able to, to clear up that backlog of orders that exist for so many of our automakers today. And most importantly, it will get, give a state like Michigan tools to attract the type of investment when it comes to chip manufacturing uh, here and, and have that happen more domestically and having Michigan be a center for excellence for it. So we're very excited about uh, what the CHIPS Act can do in terms of leveraging federal resources to deliver for the state. Yeah, chips tend not to be manufactured in the Midwest. What can a state like Michigan, traditional auto manufacturing kind of state, do to attract chip manufacturing? Well, one of the key components that, that I think Michigan has going for it that other states don't is the fact that the automotive mobility sectors are an increasingly large share of the market for semiconductors and for these chips. And so there's always going to be uh, advantages when it comes to locating in proximity near your customers. And that makes Michigan a, a really great place to locate this kind of manufacturing. 
uh, so that the supply chain is not thousands and thousands and thousands of miles like you described for the battery technology for chips. It doesn't have to be that way. And so we also are creating the tools and incentives for companies to want to choose Michigan from an economic standpoint. And we're excited because we have the types of professionals who can deliver for this. We have more engineers in the state of Michigan per capita than any other state in the country, especially in Southeast Michigan, with our deep, rich history of that kind of expertise. And we're eager to apply that to the semiconductor business. I've been talking a lot about electric vehicles. Let's talk about autonomous ones, which I think is the real revolution in mobility. What's your outlook, and uh, especially from your vantage point as Lieutenant Governor of the state of Michigan? I'm super excited about it. You know, we have some really great assets in Michigan that are helping to lead the way on the research and development of this technology, whether it's things like the American Center for Mobility at the Willow Run Airport in Michigan or University of Michigan's M-City, which provides a real testing environment uh, for all the technologies associated with autonomous vehicles and also gives a chance for kind of the human-centered research around how people interact with these. I'm also excited about things that were launched in Michigan, like uh, the CAVNU 40-mile um, autonomous vehicle corridor that goes from uh, Detroit to Ann Arbor that's going to be a first of its kind in the country in terms of having dedicated lanes for autonomous vehicle testing and traffic uh, here in the state of Michigan. And, and it just shows the, the, the way that we're going to lead the way. If you can get these vehicles to work in the environments that we have and the climate, they can work in, in, you know, on, with the snow and all these other sorts of conditions that we have in Michigan. That is a real world test of the technology. And when it works here, it'll work everywhere. So we're excited to see that deployment happening here in the state of Michigan. And the state is a big supporter of it. Yeah, that, that avenue is very interesting what's going on there. How do you deploy that uh, around to the rest of the state? And, and maybe uh, I guess what I'm asking, too, is that uh, General Motors, for example, says that autonomous vehicles will be in showrooms just a few years from now. Do you think that the state needs to do more for the road infrastructure for autonomous vehicles? Are you getting that kind of feedback from automakers and others? Well, one of the things that automakers appreciate about the state of Michigan is the fact that we have the most highway miles of connected road in the country already, and we're seeking to build and expand on that lead. And, and what do you mean by connected road? I mean that the roads that enable vehicle to infrastructure communication, so specifically road the so that cars can communicate with whether it's poles or whether it's bridges and things like that, to be able to have that direct vehicle to infrastructure communication, which is pretty critical when you're uh, doing making connected roadways for autonomous vehicle traffic and transport. So we're excited about extending our lead uh, in that kind of ITS technology space. And, and uh, the automakers only want to see us do more. So we're excited to make those investments here in Michigan. Whether it's autonomous vehicles, uh, electric vehicles, AVs or EVs, a lot of uh, infrastructure has got to go into place. What's your feeling? Is this something that states like Michigan have got to shoulder or is this better left to private enterprise to do? Uh, this is an all hands on deck opportunity. You're going to see public investment from the federal government and the state government. You're also going to see private investment to help make this happen. Um, you know, in the state of Michigan, we are we are really unique in making sure that we are leading the way with our Midwestern states when it comes to creating an EV circuit so that people can enjoy and have the uh, charging infrastructure to be able to drive where they want to drive in their electrified vehicles and know they can get there with confidence. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, charging station and charging infrastructure upgrades and improvements along our shorelines all around the state of Michigan, our lake shores, uh, so that people can enjoy every part of Michigan from an electrified vehicle. And that's going to take a partnership between the public sector and the private sector to make sure we can deliver these solutions for our consumers. I spent the better part 
of the summer of 2021, going up through northern Michigan and, and cutting the ribbon on charging stations being opened in towns across Michigan again, so people could have that confidence. And that's the kind of infrastructure we're going to need to build, and that we're excited to invest in here in Michigan. Our state budget is for, is, is supporting that already. And when we pulled out more federal resources, like from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was signed by the president this past November, we're excited about what that's going to mean for the state of Michigan. You know, the reason I asked that question is Tesla went out and built a nationwide uh, system of charging stations. In fact, it did it in Europe and it's doing it in China as well. Why do you think private industry hasn't stepped more up to do this? I mean, automakers have a vested interest in seeing a really good charging network out there and they seem to be waiting for others to build it. You know, I think this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for them to be both the chicken and the egg here. And so that kind of investment is going to need to be made. And, you know, certainly the public sector, we have an interest in making that investment. And so does the private sector. And when those interests are aligned, I think that's good for consumers and good for citizens. Uh, you know, we've talked uh, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles. I think another part of the mobility revolution could be uh, what I'm calling passenger drones. You know, the more formal name for it are VTOLs, vertical takeoff or landing. Anything going on uh, from the state standpoint, looking at the, uh, VTOLs as a possible transportation mode? You know, we certainly have seen companies that have uh, that have had conversations with us. We actually just announced today this interesting um, innovation lab at the Gerald R. Ford Airport in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, the regional airport there, where there's going to be some great testing related to uh, all sorts of aerial autonomous technology and drone technology, uh, really against having that airport in West Michigan be center for excellence for the deployment of this technology is, I think, just a demonstration of the leadership that we're showing here in Michigan. What about going uh, small scale, uh, e-bikes, e-scooters? There, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of low cost mobility that could really help people, especially in urban areas. Uh, so what's your question? I'm sorry. So I, the, the question is, is that part of the, the the greater plan for this move to mobility, including, uh, you know, low cost, you know, short distance mobility as well? You know, I think that the the the, the test here that we need to be shooting for is uh, does every person in, from every station in life have a mobility option that is accessible to them, that is affordable to them, that gets them where they need to go in a timely and convenient manager? And that could be a mix or a range uh, of different types of options, uh, public transit or scooters. It could include an autonomous vehicle or an electrified personal vehicle. You know, I think that we need to make sure that we're providing options in an equitable and affordable way so that, again, this serves people. The purpose of technology is to help people live their lives. And so we want to make sure that these mobility solutions meet people where they are, get them where they need to go and get them back home safely. Traditional automakers, traditional suppliers, you know, there's probably the greatest concentration of them in Michigan than anywhere else in the world. But the real revolution in mobility is coming from startups. They tend to be, you know, uh, in places like Silicon Valley, of course, uh, the Boston area, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, overseas as well, Israel, China, other places like that. Uh, if you go back to the early 20th century, from roughly 1900 to probably 1940, Detroit was the Silicon Valley of its day. What does Michigan need to do or what is it doing in terms of reviving this entrepreneurial culture that once thrived here? The entrepreneurial culture is alive and well here in the state of Michigan. One of the things I'm really proud of 
is when you look at the number of mobility startups that are happening anywhere in the world, the greatest concentration of those continues to be in the state of Michigan. And so we're really proud of that. At every point in the value chain for the mobility solutions of the future, the state of Michigan really stands tall as far as the scale of innovation that's coming from this place. And that's why, um, you know, all these companies want to have locations and partnerships either in Michigan or with Michigan-based companies because they know that is where the Center for Expertise and Excellence continues to be. So we want to continue to build on that momentum and encourage that kind of investment. And the people with the ideas are coming through universities like Michigan Tech University, Michigan State University, University of Michigan, and we're really proud of what those innovators are making. And we're encouraging them to continue to choose the state of Michigan and to work with our talent here that we're developing every single day in Michigan, the people who have the experience matching with that startup community. I think that is the right kind of mixture uh, to lead to the success and the scale and growth of this technology to make it uh, more workable for more people. That's quite a statement that Michigan has more mobility startups than anywhere else. Can you give us some examples of what's going on? I mean, we're really excited about companies, whether it's companies like May Mobility that have a really interesting model of uh, autonomous electrified um, kind of buses that have been deployed in places like Detroit and Grand Rapids. We have so many companies coming through the American Center for Mobility, which I talked about a little bit earlier, that are that are really challenging the notion of uh, what it means to de deliver a mobility solution at scale across diverse terrain. And so we're really excited about what this means. So the state of Michigan has the kind of infrastructure and elements and tools and resources uh, to really, I think, deliver the solutions of today and tomorrow. And I'm really proud of that. And how about homegrown uh, startups, too? I know there's a lot of people coming in uh, from outside of the state because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of resources and companies here. What about Michigan growing its own uh, startup culture or, or people from the state are getting involved in these kinds of activities. The company I just mentioned, May Mobility, is a homegrown company. So again, that's just an example of that. And so I think we're going to continue to see um, that, those kind of great leaders coming um, from our university system. We have one of the greatest public university systems in the world uh, here in Michigan, and we're proud of the, the talent that's coming through and the ingenuity that they're showing. And what am I missing here? There's got to be some other things that you'd like to get into that I haven't touched on. You know, um, one thing I'm really excited about on the electrified vehicle front is Michigan, we announced last year uh, a first of its kind in the world pilot program to actually test um, a, a one mile piece of roadway that will charge electric vehicles as they drive on it, which really would be a game changer as far as removing the need for a charging station because the road, whether it's through inductive technology or other technologies to be explored by researchers, um, they can actually charge the car while it's driving, while it's moving. So that just shows you how we are innovating in infrastructure and how we're making sure that that leadership um, comes to Michigan to be able to decide how that technology is going to look for the future. So I, I wanted to share that because, again, it's a demonstration of how we are pushing the envelope forward in Michigan in a way that no place else in the world is doing. You know, that's very interesting because that's been talked about a lot, you know, electrifying the road, to your point, you could use a much smaller battery, really slash the cost of an electric car, never have to worry about range anxiety again. But what I've always heard is trying to put that much energy into the road, there's all kinds of electrical losses and it's very inefficient. What, what have you been hearing about that? This is the whole point. We haven't seen anyone actually try to deploy this technology. And we're, we now are providing a one mile roadway strip to do it here in the state of Michigan to, to actually interrogate those questions and understand it. Um, but I think our attitude towards this innovation is something that others should try to emulate, frankly. When we see a problem and see a challenge in the state of Michigan, we think of the ways that it can be solved, not the ways that it can't be solved. And ultimately, that is the posture 
of an innovator. That is the posture of a person with ideas and excitement about what the future can mean. And that's the posture that we have here in the state of Michigan. When do you think this uh, one mile road stretch of electrified road will be up and running? We announced the, uh, the, the, the pilot, and so we have people responding to that uh, request for proposals. So we hope to announce the first round of winners very soon. Of course, it, it's got to be in conjunction with automakers, right? Because they've got to be able to design cars that would be able to use inductive charging to, to do that. Do you have automakers or startups or others involved in this effort? This is a this is going to be an all hands on deck effort. So I'm really excited that when we announce, you're going to see the kind of collaboration that it's going to take to really win the future in this space. We're down to the last couple of minutes here. Anything else that you'd like to cover? I think you covered most of it. I mean, I just wanted to be clear to the folks to understand that the state of Michigan, we're here to play and we're here to help um, win in this space of electrified, autonomous, uh, shared and connected mobility solutions and that we have the, the talent here to make it happen. We have the companies here to make it happen. And we are eager to welcome all the other investment um, that it's going to take to push us over the top. Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, thanks so much for coming on AutoLine this week and telling us about what how a traditional manufacturing hub like Michigan is, is making the transition to uh, a new era of mobility and technology. Thank you for having me. Auto Line this week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. gossip, and true believers, plus cars, cars, and more cars. Join us live each Thursday at Autoline.tv. That's Autoline After Hours, where performance meets opinion. Today we're going to be talking about the Chinese automotive industry. I gotta believe everyone's knocking on your door, knocking on Congress's door, saying we need help right now. Back in World War II, Detroit became known as the arsenal of democracy. At 40,000 units split nine different ways, no one's gonna make money. There's so much talk about electric vehicles. They're the darling of Wall Street. 